The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and doctor of internal medicine, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-890-9783. And this time on Heart Health, we're going to be talking about Mick Jagger, who had a procedure this week. And he's doing great. He's doing great. We're going to talk about a health crisis, maybe emergency at the border, and mechanical hearts on WPTF. We are your hit music station. That's what we are. (laughs) I've always wanted to be a DJ. Yeah. But, you know, it's so great. Um, Mick Jagger, we talked about in the last show. Well, let me he just had, introduce you. Yeah, uh, Dr. Franklin Weefold yeah. is here, uh, cardiologist, internal medicine specialist, and you're talking about Mick Jagger because yeah. you were on a couple of times during the week. We, yeah, we've talked about him, and it's great. Um, he had a valve yeah. called the aortic valve that wouldn't open, and that doesn't happen overnight. Okay, this is the valve that controls the flow of blood out yeah. of the heart muscle. If it doesn't open, you don't get any blood to your body. And... How did he do those concerts up until recently? I mean, right. he, he must be devoted to his craft because he must have been exhausted. Well, anyway, finally went to the hospital, and they went through his leg with a long tube called a catheter, yeah. went across that hole, that narrow hole in the valve from the aorta, and then put a little balloon across that had a valve collapsed on the balloon. Yeah. Ingenious. Opened it up, crushed the old valve that wasn't opening to the side. Yeah. Pulled out the balloon. He's got a new valve that were, flops open. Right. Were you talking about this procedure? Yes. We didn't know about you. TAVR. Yeah. No. Well, we found out it was amazing. We found out that he was going to have it done. Yeah. Like the next week, and so he's given his okay to talk about his situation. I don't know um, the details of the exact case, but I've sent probably 30, 40 people for the same procedure. It's wonderful. Now, the great thing about it is that. Up until about six months ago, it was limited only to those very sick people who couldn't have normal surgery. But Mick Jagger otherwise is healthy. And right. so why do they let him have it? Well, he's 75, but right. he's still, you know, dancing and singing. Right. Well, now they're letting people who are medium risk um, have it. And I'm pretty sure, and we talked about this two shows ago, I think it's going to be the standard of care now um, to get this through the leg transcatheter valve replacement instead of having your sternum cut open and put you to sleep and put you on the heart-lung machine. So, And he's going to be back. Um, The nice thing about this is all that has to heal. The heart doesn't have to heal. It's done. Mm -hmm. But the leg. Okay, so they have a pretty big hole in the femoral artery that goes all the way up to the heart. And that takes about a week, maybe two weeks to heal completely. Especially because, you know, he jumps up and down and smashes his guitar on the stage and screams at the top of his lungs and people love it. Right. So he's going to have to ease into it. You know what I would do if I were him? He'd bring out a stool like, you know, the folk singers and just let him sit there and play. (laughs) The problem is. he can't do it. With that kind of music, I don't think so. No, he can't do it. Or maybe one of those robot exoskeletons they could program and just move his body for him. You know? Here, here's the thing. We've suspected that the rest of the band was animatronic anyway. That's true. That they're not actually human beings. That's that true. they're they're something well, from the me, Jim Henson studio. He, yeah. he cleaned up his act about yeah. five years ago and got rid of the drugs and got rid of the cigarettes and the alcohol. Yeah. And this is the lesson. 
okay, it's not too late to quit those things. Yeah. Because your body will repair itself. It may never get back to the way it was. But if he hadn't done that, he might not have done so well mm-hmm. with this type of valve problem. Because Could, some people drop dead as the first sign. Well, that was my, that was my question. What's the, well, I can't say obviously, but I can't believe he didn't go to a doctor. I mean, listening to someone's chest, this yeah. is not too subtle okay, okay. a problem. So don't be afraid if you have it. it the, the signs and symptoms are pretty obvious. You're short of breath when you walk. Yeah. Sometimes you get a tightness in your chest. If you stand up very quickly, you can get dizzy. But, you know, don't go to a doctor who doesn't examine you. There are doctors now. Yeah. Who so rushed, you know, they'll say, okay, what medicines you need, get up and leave. Make sure the doctor listens to your heart because it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over years. If you've had rheumatic fever or scarlet fever as a child, you're more mm-hmm. at risk mm-hmm. to get this. It's called aortic stenosis. That's the medical term. All right. This is Dr. Franklin Weefold, cardiologist, internal medicine specialist with millennia cardiovascular. He's not here because he needs more people to come in the door. This is not about the business. It's about the passion. And his passion is your health, though he's never met you. Here's the number. 919-860-9783. He's a cardiologist. I'm a heart or a cardiological patient. Well, I mean, when I look at you, yeah. I'm happy because you have this great life. I and do. if you had been born in 1900, yep. you wouldn't be here. In, we've we've spoken off the air of my yeah. my diagnosis in heart health, but we're we want to get to the couple of things you have specifically said. Yeah. yeah, you want to talk about you want to talk about a health crisis at the border, right. and we're going to ease into mechanical. Well, this parts. is a big thing What's in the this? news now, yeah. and I have to put my part in. And I I don't want to you know if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican, I just want to say there's something that's not being talked about. Okay, so the Democrats say that in 2006, there were 980,000 apprehensions. Okay, we have about the same right now. So they say it's not a crisis. The difference is those apprehensions in 2006 were single male Mexican immigrants trying Mm -hmm. to come to work. They were all captured and immediately deported. The law now states that if you come across with a kid, they can't deport you right away because there's a kid. So they put you in detention for 20 days, and then they release you, hoping that you'll come back to court, okay? Right. So instead of 980,000 people catch and put back, we have 100,000 this last month catch and release. So I want people to think what 100,000 people is. Okay, we've got to feed them. There's got to be toilet facilities for them. There's got to be beds for them. We've never had anything like this before. 100,000 people is equivalent to the city of San Jose, California. Do you know the way to San Jose? Very famous city. I can't sing, okay? You tried. This is really bothering me because every month now we've got to add five hospitals, which is what San Jose has. Okay. We've got to add 250 grocery stores. We've got to add all the housing for these people. Mm -hmm. And in my point of view, you've got to add all these doctors, and so everybody's screaming, well, people are dying in captivity. We're not doing that. 100,000 people, 800 will die a month. That's just the way it is. Statistics. Statistics. Right. And so if we don't want more people to die, we've either got to do one or two things. 
We've either got to find a way to stop them from coming in, mm-hmm. or we've got to take all this money that we're now devoting to other American citizens mm-hmm. and give it to them. Mm-hmm. So we've got to build one San Jose every month to take care of them. And if you, how do they get their medical care when they've been released? It's going to be an emergency room. Right. Well, sure. The Texas and California emergency rooms, 12 to 14 hour waits. Because by law, they can't turn them away. And well, the they can't turn free. anybody away. Can't so turn, that's you, the way yeah. it works. So when you get, yes. when you go to the emergency room and get stitches and yeah. you get a bill for $5,000, you know why. Right. Because they're charging you more to cover all the free care that they're giving. Now, it's not just the immigrants that are you know, causing the free care. But in my opinion, we've got to make a decision. Now, the other thing is Mexico has much stronger immigration laws than we do. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? They're escorting them to the border. So everybody thinks Trump is crazy in threatening Mexico to stop, you know, close the border completely. Well, you know what happened? What's that? They're starting now to prevent these people at their southern border from coming over. Now, don't get me wrong. We're humanitarians. If we had the resources, I mean, these are people fleeing Central mm-hmm. America for gang violence. Yep. It's horrible. Yep. Okay, but what makes them so more special than the people who are being oppressed everywhere else in the world? I mean, if we're going to let them in because of humanitarian reasons, mm-hmm. then we've got to send airplanes to um, all the areas of the world where there are poor, starving, oppressed people and take them in. We can't do it. And so I'm just saying, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, address the issue of health care, housing, and food for the 100,000 people who have to be let in now because they bring a kid in and they ask for asylum. And, you know, some of these kids, and it's not propaganda. Some Mm. of these kids are brought over. They're released. Then a coyote, which is a, a person who helps the immigrants get over the border, takes them back to Mexico and then another person grabs that kid's hand and brings them over. It's cruel to these children. And the reason why they're coming is because they know how to get in now. If you have a kid in your hand, you're in. And, and the 980,000 we captured in 2006, we had to run and chase them and capture them and right. put them back over the border. If you watch the TV, they come over 400 people at a time. They walk up to the Border Patrol, they raise their hands, and they surrender. They want to be captured because once they're in detention for 20 days, they have to be let out, and then they disappear. So if you, if you care about these people and if you care about their health care and their well-being, you got to divert the money for one San Jose City infrastructure, mm-hmm. police force, hospitals, and doctors and food and shelter every month, or else yeah, well. we are, I mean, not being humanitarian. Huh? The alternative is to stop them from coming in. Call us now about your medical questions or whatever, but mostly medical yeah. questions, sure. But I think this, you know, I'm you know, sorry, this is not, I'm not addressing the politics. I understand. I, I just, you, you know, see 100,000 people and you say there's 100,000 potential patients. Well, but everybody's a potential patient. But, they, but, but everybody pre- needs... Yeah. When can you predict they're going to get sick? Right. I mean, these are kids that have just been marched 2,000 miles. They're going to get sick. All right. 
We've got the weather forecast coming up. We've also got a discussion of mechanical hearts, a fad diet that nearly killed a woman and has caused brain damage. I'll tell you what fad diet that was coming up. Call us at 919-860-9783. Heart Health. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefald on News Radio 680 WPTF. With the telephone number 919-860-9783. Call us, call Dr. Weefald, and get an answer to your medical question. He's not going to diagnose, but he's going to go lead you in the right direction, give you a set of questions to ask your doctor. Right. Is that fair? The most important thing, yeah. no matter what we talk about here, you need to have a doctor that you can talk to him or her mm-hmm. and have enough time and make sure they explain things to you. Um, because I think that's the key. I mean, not all the tests. It's not, you know, the, the high-tech stuff. And, and it's the relationship you have with your caregiver mm-hmm. and whether you can look them in the eye and they look you in the eye and, and listen to you, listen to your heart, and, and make sure that you have somebody that you can communicate with and who listens to you. That's the most important. Do you find that that's hard? And I'm, I'm asking you to think sure. about your colleagues. Let me tell you what's happened. Okay, 2010 was a, January 1st, 2010 was okay. a watershed moment because that's when Obamacare started. Yeah. And in cardiology, they cut most of the procedures 40% on one day. So most of the cardiology groups bailed out of private practice and went to work for hospitals. You mean the the pay that they could right. receive so, by doing it dropped? Right. Yeah, it's fee for service. That means okay. you do a service and you get a certain amount of money. Okay. Well, not only did they drop the fees, but they also started um, looking at the documentation to justify what you charged. Yeah. And it's very meticulous. And so what happened is they said, now, you have to have that note completed when your patient's ready to leave, and you have to give them a very detailed set of instructions that come out of your computer system, the electronic medical record. Well, if you have a 15-minute office visit, oh, and they got rid of transcriptionists, and the doctors and nurses became data entry people. So the doctors had five minutes, and then to see the patient, and 10 minutes, to pound out on the keys that note. Yeah. Now, now if Medicare is listening, I'm in trouble, but I don't do that. Um, I take a pencil <laughs> and paper into the room. Yeah. I look at my patients. I let them tell their story. I, that's what I tell them. Don't diagnose yourself. You know, I think I have heartburn. Not, not just, I want to hear your story. Tell yeah. me your what happened. Because you'd be amazed that people diagnose themselves and when they don't tell their story. Well, anyway, yes. I take notes. Yes. And I figure things, I hand write out my instructions, and on the weekends, I have a transcriptionist who's not only a transcriptionist, but she knows how I think. She's been doing my notes with me for 20 years. She lives in Indiana, actually. She's wonderful. Yeah. Hey, Pam, shout out if you're listening. Hey, Pam. But what she does is, you know, I can say things, and she knows what I mean, and she puts together the charts. So that saves me time. But the hospital systems, not thinking straight. Mm-hmm. said, electronic medical records, great. We'll save by not having transcriptionists because mm-hmm. the doctors will enter. Sure. Well, if you're, if you're working on your computer, if you're treating the note of the patient so that if Medicare raids you, you can show them the note to justify what you charge, which mm-hmm. is what everybody's afraid of. Yeah. You have five minutes for the patient. 
So I have 15. And unfortunately, I spend my weekends, you know, but luckily. You waste an hour right. of every weekend here. No, well, that, this is not time <laughs> wasted. But I'm anyway, so the point yeah. I'm trying to make is I have a transcriptionist. Yeah. So I can spend more time with my patients. Now, it costs me because I have to pay for my tra- – she's worth her weight in gold. Sure. Because I can get my notes done by giving her little itty-bitsy pieces of, of jargon that she can turn into a really good note so that – you know, I, I was rated by Medicare. That is another topic. I you was were? rated – I shut down by Medicare for oh, two really? days. Yeah. And I passed. Okay. Right. Luckily. When you I said passed. rated, I thought oh, it was listen. with a T. Oh. You mean with a D. They came to oh, they you ra- and said – They rated me, yes. Okay. And I got top rating. Okay, good. Only after they rated me. So two women showed up. Morley Safer is in the lobby. Right. Start shredding. It was these two women showed up. Yeah. And handed me a letter saying, we have a suspicion because of your production capacity of one doctor that you are committing Medicare fraud. Okay. Two days, they shut me down. And you know how, we'll talk about this later, but I found out seven months later, they never called me. I got a phone call from Medicare. Oh, you know that that audit we did? Yeah. You're fine. Click. That was it. (laughs) That was. So. Okay. But anyway, let's talk about the left ventricular assist device. Yeah, this is, well, I called it an artificial it heart. It's not. Well, it is. Left and that's the ventricular. thing. So remember back Barney Clark. I don't know if you yes, remember. Yes, I do. First guy to get the Jarvik 7 artificial yep. heart. And what that was was a pump. And so it was a metal pump that had a rubber thing. So what they tried to do was mimic the way the heart worked. So mm-hmm. they'd have a pump that would pump the blood. Big problemo. Yeah. It clotted. So clots would form on the rubber and on the polyprene, you know, what's that, polypropylene yeah. <laughs> rings. And, I mean, he sat there and just had stroke after stroke after stroke. Well, and he knew that he yeah. was a, and No, I'm yeah. not blaming them for he trying. He knew he was going right. to be. It just didn't work. He did a wonderful right. thing for the rest of us. Right. And so right. what happened after that was, okay, we need real hearts. We need transplanted hearts from people. What's the problem? We don't have enough donors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. A company, and I'm sorry to the company because they should get kudos, but I can't remember. Off, I have trouble remembering yeah. names. But they developed, uh, and there's several companies. HeartMate 2 is the one we use now, and I don't mm-hmm. know what the company is. But it is a um, impella, you know. It's like a water pump. So you know how it takes and has a little propeller. Yeah. Sucks the water through the pipe and pushes it down the pipe. Well, this is what they what this left ventricular assist device is. So if your left ventricle, which punch, pumps blood to your body, starts to weaken, they can actually, or it's so weak that you need a heart transplant, but you can't get one. What they do is they open up your chest, they put your heart to sleep, they put you on a bypass and breathe for you, and then they cut a hole in the end of the heart and stick a tube in. And then they connect it to the pump, they put the pump under your stomach, and then to connect the other tube to your aorta. So basically, your heart still pumps, but this propeller-driven um, yeah. suction tube yeah. sucks the blood out of the bottom part of the heart and puts it where it's supposed to go, in the aorta. Is this all inside yes, you? Yes, inside the body. So w- they're walking by me in the hallway. I don't know that they've well, got this? Well, they carry the, the battery okay, in, in like a, a big you know backpack. It's smaller than a backpack. It's about, I don't know, how can I say it? It's like sure. a, big, a big purse. Yeah. And the wires go into the body, and it's okay, though. It works. Okay. And it's, it's wonderful. Now, we talked about immigration. 
The first patient of mine who got one was mm-hmm. an illegal alien. Well, no, excuse me, was an undocumented yeah, immigrant. He, I've got to be politically correct. No. And he came to see me. He had no money. Um, he was a big tequila fan, and he made his own tequila. Okay. Unfortunately, he made yes. it in an old radiator, and he got toxic poisoning of his heart. Now, yeah. he didn't have anything. And so I called around. His heart was failing. And I called, and finally, University of North Carolina agreed to help him. And they put this left ventricular assist device in him. And he came back to see me. He was doing it. He wore it for six years. And he got a green card. And forgive me, I don't remember how he did, but he got a green card. He had a job even while he wore the the artificial heart. And guess what? What? Last year? Yeah. He got a heart transplant. That's excellent. And he is doing great. He's had two kids. He had one kid with his artificial heart in. It's fantastic. Uh, to, and, to me, that's um, amazing. The uh, the other guy I've got, Rusty. Yeah. Okay, Rusty Gilbert. If you're listening, Rusty, call in. Yeah, please. Um, but Rusty is a great guy. Just an all-American Southern gentleman whose heart had several heart attacks. He had several stents. And we kept him going with medications, and he finally just wore out. Yeah. And he now has had this artificial heart, left ventricular assist device, for two years. And the only thing that you got to be cautious with is you still have to be anticoagulated because clots can still form. But for some reason, this propeller device that is this artificial assist device does not clot as much as the old Jarvik 7 Barney Clark All right. pump. Rusty, and anybody else with a question about your heart or anywhere else on your body? 919-860-9783. We're only halfway done with the show. Call 919-860-9783. The show is called Heart Health, and we're on News Radio 680 WPTF. Now, back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefald on News Radio 680 WPTF. Telephone number 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefald, a cardiologist and internal medicine specialist. You really have the two specialties. I mean, internal specialty. That would be a specialty, wouldn't it? Let me tell you what it used to be. Um, Nowadays, you have specialists that are called family practitioners. And so what used to happen is that you would graduate from medical school, do an internship, and then be set out free to become a general practitioner. So that's five years of training. Yeah. Well, then the general practitioners got together and said, you know, we're treating kids, we're treating women, we're treating teenagers, men. Yeah. We're treating families. So they came up with this idea of being a family practitioner. It's great because it's a three-year residency. Mm-hmm. And so they learn obstetrics to deliver babies. They learn pediatrics with pediatricians. And so they have a, a now, I think, and back then too, I mean, I tell you, some of those GPs in the old days, yeah. they knew everything. Okay? Sure. Yeah. I mean, my God, you they see were it great all. doctors. You see it all, yeah. So now there's family practice. Well, you don't just go to heart school. I mean, that's, I think, the thing that people don't understand mm-hmm. is that you go four years of college, four years of med school, and then you have what's called an internal medicine internship and then two years of internal medicine residency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you go to four years of cardiology. So I've chosen as a cardiologist to not forget my internal medicine training. Most cardiologists subspecialize, so they'll do stents, mm-hmm. or they'll do pacemakers, or they'll do you know, anything that is in the realm, heart failure. But what I know is that if your diabetes isn't right, mm-hmm. if your blood pressure isn't right, 
if your cholesterol isn't right, if you yeah. have sleep apnea, yeah. if you haven't had your flu shot, yeah. your heart's going to go bad. And remember the commercial before we started? Yeah, it was about from the teeth. The North th- Raleigh Perio. Listen to those people. Yeah. Because if your teeth are bad, and more importantly, you have chronic infections in your teeth and gums, you're at a much higher risk for heart disease. Now, whoever can call in and tell me why, if you have bad infections in your teeth, you're at risk for a heart attack, you get a $10 Walmart gift card. Because huh. it's important. Okay. I want people to be thinking out there. Let's let's talk to Melissa in Fuquay on News Radio 680 WPTF. Hi, Melissa. Hey, I have a question. Sure. Uh, last week, you guys touched a little bit about um, blood pressure. Uh-huh. And... Um, so I understand how you take it, but I don't understand like what the numbers mean and what's sure. high and what's, you know, the low is the low. If your lower number is that high, is that dangerous or is yeah. a higher number you really need to look at? Yeah. Yeah. It used to be, it's funny. Um, I, I, the first time I got introduced to taking a blood pressure, I walked out of a subway station in New York city in 1975 and somebody was taking your blood pressure for a quarter. And so they said, it's 120 over 80. And I said, what does that mean? They said, I don't know. Okay, so what is the blood pressure? (laughs) The top number is the number that is the highest pressure that the aorta and your blood vessels hear. Now, 120 is just, you know, the average of normal. What does that mean? Millimeters of mercury. That's what they'll tell you. 120 millimeters of mercury over the other number. So if you want to get fancy, the top number is systolic. Yeah. The bottom number is diastolic. Now, it's not that hard to understand. So the top number is the highest pressure your heart generates when it pumps the blood out of your heart. Yeah. So the aortic valve that Mick Jagger just had fixed, it opens up, the heart finishes pumping, you can put the pressure in the aorta, but that's the top number. Do, then, they, do they compute that when they've really squeezed you? Yes. So that first number pops up right. first. So they squeeze you real hard. Right. And it's, it's, it's still squeezed. Yes. And as the pressure, see what they want to do is completely shut off the flow. Yeah. And then as they release the cuff, you can hear a noise. Mm-hmm. And that first noise is the top number. And yeah. that's the highest pressure your heart generates. Okay. And then the heart relaxes to fill up again for the next cycle of pumping. When the heart relaxes, the aortic valve closes, that's the bottom number. So that's the pressure in the aorta Mm -hmm. when the heart is fully relaxed. So 120 is good, over 80 is good. Now what's bad? I can remember when I was in medical school, we were always taught that the bottom number is what mattered. The 90, you get over 90, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's really not true. It's really the top number. And you know, it's, it's the top number because that's the danger number, okay? If your heart has to pump to a pressure of 190 or 200 to get the blood flowing, that means your arteries are constricted. They're not pliable enough to let the heart pump that blood. So just imagine a balloon. Yeah. Okay, you've had party balloons, right? Sure. It's a whole lot more fun to blow up a balloon that just goes right up. Amen, yeah. Right, so you get these, I, I hate this. When I have to blow up party balloons, yes. and I gotta use all the force in the world to blow that balloon up. So that's the, the compliant, easy balloon, that's what you want for your heart. Okay. The hard balloon, that's when you gotta take medicines to get that pressure down. 
So does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So yes. what's your? So do you want to talk about your blood pressure? Um. No. Usually, when I go in, it's like one, one forty six, one fifty over like ninety three. Okay. So that's a little high. Um, I've been told not to ask ladies' ages, so I'm not going to. But I will say, in general, that's a little high. Now, what do we do when it's that number? Your goal, if you're in your 30s, which I suspect she is. I'm sure she is. <laughs> she's in their 30s. I'm sure she looks younger than that. Yeah, you look really young. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. She I can't see you. She I can't but, see you. Yeah, no. But anyway, you know, 120 over 70 really is the average. Now, how do they get that average? Yeah. They take 10,000 people sure. who don't have any health problems, and mm-hmm. they measure their blood pressure. So you should have it around 120 over 70. And so the first thing I would do, um, and what, you know, you might want to ask your doctors how much exercise you get. And then salt. Salt is bad for people with high blood pressure because mm-hmm. when you have high blood pressure, it means what your body should do to prevent that high blood pressure is have you urinate more salt out of your system. So you're holding on to salt. So you want to eat less salt. Now, it's interesting. There is another problem. People have low blood pressure. And the response to them is to eat salt. And they don't believe me because everybody <laughs> thinks salt is bad for you. Salt is only bad for you if you have high blood pressure. So, okay. mm-hmm. two grams of sodium, how can I help you? It's so hard to keep track of sodium. So, what I tell people is avoid salted peanuts, but canned soups and vegetables. Yeah. Ham, because that's made with salt. And they sure. say, well, I don't add the shaker. It's foods that are pickles. Okay, pickles are made with salt are they? Yeah. because that's how they're, that's how they're pickled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I would do to get on a low-salt diet, believe it or not, Google is great for this. Google is bad if you want to find out if you have cancer because it's always going to tell you you have cancer. <laughs> but Google is really good to get a low-salt diet. Now, there are all sorts of medicines, and I'm not going to tell you what medicine to take because, you know, you need to talk to your doctor. He or she will work with you. But your goal, if you're in your 30s, is about 120 over 70. Now, what's interesting is that as we get older, if you get to be my age, okay, I let my numbers relax a little bit. Now, the American College of Cardiology would scream at me that I'm wrong, but I found that patients feel better when they're older, when they have about 130, and when you're in your 90s, Mm -hmm. I aim for 140. Who cares? Well, because they've got stiff pipes, <laughs> no, you know? No. Oh, sh- you're if you're, mean. If you're 90, no. no my wait, point wait, is, wait, 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 if you wait. made it to 90, you're doing the right thing. Let me Don't tell you listen something. to any young doctor. Okay. Last week, <laughs> how many 100-year-olds did I see? Give me a number. Uh, two. Six. Six. How many 90-year-olds did I see? I don't know. 14. Really? And wow. all but two of the 100-year-olds were walked in, walked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. only 90-year-olds who didn't walk in had such bad backs that they had to be in wheelchairs. And they're but taking they your advice. Well, yeah, I've taken care of these people sure. for years. Okay. And the thing is, if, you know, medicines are good for you, don't let anybody tell you yeah. that medicines are bad for you. If you have a good doctor, he yeah. or she will monitor you, yeah. adjust you, you know, and and get them right. I take five medicines a day, okay? And you need them. I need them. Okay. Especially the crazy pills, you know. Amen. Amen. Amen, really. I, I hope that well, helped you. Is that, you need to, me to say anything else? Melissa, no, thank no, you. thank you so much. Call again. It was great talking okay, to you. I will. I All promise. Right. Bye-bye. Now, I've got John and Lee, and we're going to get to them as quickly as we can on the other side of this commercial break. Great. We have not yet talked about that fad diet. We will. We will. Okay. We will. On the other side of the break, 
We'll also talk about uh, maybe E. coli if we have time because it was in the news at, at 4 o'clock. Well, you know what? E. Yeah. coli, e. coli is not fun. Okay. It's not. There's your medical advice of the week. You heard it on no other radio show on this frequency. E. coli, not fun. Print it. Book it. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number on Heart Health News Radio 680 WPTF. Now, back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-890-9783. That telephone number is 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander, a cardiac patient. I've had my blood pressure taken more times than I even want to hear about. And Dr. Weefald is a cardiologist and internal medicine specialist with Millennia Cardiology. And we've got John in Durham on the line. John, thank you very much for waiting as long as you did. How are you doing, John? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. Good. What's up? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank Great. you so much for this program. I, I was calling in in reference to your question about uh, how bad oral health can affect your heart. Yeah, yes. what's the answer? I, I I think I heard or read somewhere that the bacteria can get in your bloodstream from your mouth and then wind up uh, causing some damage to the valves. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's actually one answer. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to have to give you a gift card. It's not the answer I was looking for, okay. um, but I'll tell you why you're right. Um, it's true. And Mick Jagger is the prime. Oh, this is great. Your yeah. question goes right into Mick Jagger. So he's got an artificial heart valve now, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a piece of foreign tissue. And our our bodies will cover it with our own tissue over time. But when you have your teeth cleaned, or if just by nature you have bacteria in your gums and teeth, it can get into your bloodstream. And when it travels through the bloodstream, it'll stick to that valve and cause what's called endocarditis. Now, you can get endocarditis on a normal valve that's got calcium yeah. or is just not its not smooth, it's rough. So you get a gift card because that's, that's not what I was looking for, but that is true. John, do not hang up after this show, uh, this radio talk, okay? And we'll get your phone number and we'll your get address. Your phone, we'll get this taken care but of. But that's John, a really good point. John, what else? Do you have a question? No, that, that was it. I'm All right. Yeah. Keep listening, I'm going to give a couple right. more people a chance to, to come up with the other answer, but right. you are right. That's not what I was thinking of. There's one more part of it, so you deserve a gift card. All right. Oddly enough, we've got Lee, who won last week. Lee from Durham, how you doing? Trader Dave. Hey, Lee. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. What's your answer? My answer to the trivia question is, uh, sure. when you got bad oral health uh, infections in your mouth, teeth, or whatever, it can travel from there to your heart. Infections to the heart. That sounds very smooth. Yeah, it's okay. a familiar answer. I'll, I'll spill the beans. You get a gift card, too, because you he didn't doesn't. hear what he said. Okay, so we just talked about the No, the no he was on hold. He heard Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> bacteria get That's into right, your bloodstream Don't worry and about it. settle on your valve. Yeah. Here's the other thing. What's the other thing? Okay. And when you have chronic infections your immune system is fighting it okay yeah that's why it just doesn't turn into an abscess on everybody because your immune system is fighting it so there's something called inflammation and inflammation is the response of your immune system and it causes other immune cells to start getting jazzed up too well believe it or not in your artery in that coronary artery where that cholesterol plaque is there are immune cells in there trying to get rid of the plaque Okay. And so when you have a chronic infection, 
where the infection is sends out signals to other immune cells, mm-hmm. almost like trying to say, help. Yeah. And then the immune cells in your cholesterol plaque get activated and okay. it can burst the plaque and that's what causes heart attack. So I tell my patients to get flu shots. Yes. Why? Because when you get the flu, the influenza virus, your level of inflammation goes up. So that's why heart attacks are more frequent in the winter than they are in the summer. Yeah. Because of the colds and the flus. So it's good to have your teeth clean because of what Lee and John said, Mm -hmm. the bacteria can get into the bloodstream. But moreover, it's good to have clean teeth because you don't have a heart attack as frequently. Right. Because of the lack of inflammation. That's why yep. marathon runners, who people who run marathons yes. all the time, do they live longer or do they live shorter? I don't know. They live lo- about five years shorter. Really? Because, you know, their injuries, they're always bragging about how, yeah, I ran this marathon and now I can't hardly walk, but I'm yeah. going to still run. Yeah. Inflammation. Inflammation. It's the chronic, you know, trying to repair these damaged vessels. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, bones and arteries. Sure. I'm hooked on arteries, bones and cartilage that cause inflammation that runs through your body and just wipes you out. So that's why I always tell people, you don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, you don't have to be a Boston Marathon runner to be healthy. 35 minutes of walking and with good shoes so you don't get injured, you know, and that's the way to go. But yes, you get a gift card too. All right. Lee, hold on. We're going to get your address and telephone number and Google Jim Fix. Do you remember Jim Fix? Very well. You're, you're, it's, it, would, it would have been about the time you had been thinking of being a him. doctor. I can't name him because yeah. of, of confidentiality, but I had a patient exactly like Jim Fix, and it's Jim, sad. Jim Fix was a guru of running. Oh, yeah. He was the guy who not invented but convinced a lot of people right. to jog in the 70s and, yeah. I don't know, early he's, 80s. He's a great guy. And how did he die? Heart attack. It was heart attack. While running. While running. Well, yeah. I mean, you're putting the muscle. No, I, I, I can it. explain why. Let's take the call. Yeah, let's take the phone Jim call. Fix later. Take the phone call. I was thinking about it. All right. Skip in Raleigh. Skip, thank you very much for holding on as long as you did. Hi, Skip. Hey, well, thanks for taking the call. And Absolutely. Way, how are you? Um, on one of my Marine Corps marathons at the three-mile mark, I stopped to try to resuscitate a guy who had collapsed. We were unsuccessful. Oh, I'm time. sorry. So it's uh, that was uh, the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps marathon. You know, that's, thank you for service. Uh, I, let me tell you something. Of no, all I the marathons, was, I was not a Marine. But oh, okay. I, I, I've run in their marathon. But you know, wow. isn't that a beautiful course? Oh my gosh, it's fabulous. Yeah. And, um, if I were to run a marathon, it would be the Marine Corps marathon. Oh yeah. It's, hey, it's let me ask you a question. Did that occur while the cherry trees were in bloom? Um, you know, it occurs in the last Sunday in October. So it. Uh-huh occurs and it can be 80 degrees or it can be 30 degrees it's just that time of year but 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 that's not why i I called though okay um, though if you're going to have a cardiac event yeah uh the marine corps marathon is probably the place to do it there are there are medical um stations every like 12 feet it seems yeah 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 well i've been it and they had those motorcycles all have defibrillators on them yeah (laughs) right they do they do Uh, you're absolutely right you're right the the thing that that was against us is the EMS crew was on the other side of the course and it was like pulling teeth to get runners to stop so that they could get across the field to where we were. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't know that that would have made a difference, but uh, you know, if you ever run CPR, and I'm sure you have, 
uh, one minute feels like 10 days. Well, you know, the Boston Marathon, when the bombs went off, one of the hardest things they had to do, because it was a finish line. Sure. Because people, you know, and they didn't realize what had happened, but they wanted to finish the race. I know. And it was really hard to tell them, look, we've had a catastrophe. Right. And, and, you know, you're so focused on what they're doing. I'm not blaming them. You know, I'm not saying they're bad people. No, if you've run 25 miles, you want to finish. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Skip, do you have another question? I do have a question. Fire away. uh, I won't ask Dr. Weeple to um, uh, make the decision for me. I I actually have a physician that that I will ask this question. But but so here, there are some new American Heart Association recommendations regarding aspirin. About Uh, what? Aspirin. I would trade a STEMI for an intracranial hemorrhage any day. But Can I ask how old you are? uh, 73. And have you had any heart problems? Uh, I have not. I have a yeah. family history that stinks. Yeah. Hence okay, you want to know what the American Heart Association says? That you, that you I'm just going to say what the yeah. heart, Amer- not you, but the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology would say that a 75-year-old gentleman who has not had a coronary event or doesn't have bad cholesterol buildup in his other arteries, that there doesn't seem to be a benefit. So they're not saying you can't take it. But what they're saying is a gentleman at that age group may not benefit. Now, they already know that women don't benefit. And the reason why, it probably does reduce a 75-year-old man's risk of a heart attack, but it's accompanied by a bleeding risk. So what does that mean? If you take aspirin, the whole reason why we do it is to prevent these little cells in our body called platelets from forming clots. Mm -hmm. So if you have an ulcer or if you have a polyp in your colon, or if you're in a car wreck and you slam your head against the windshield, you're more likely to have a bleed that can be Mm life-threatening. Now, I'll tell you what I do, okay? I take it, Mm -hmm. because I've made the decision that it's worth the risk of having a bleed from an ulcer or a polyp. It's worth that risk because I think that I have a higher risk and I have high cholesterol and you know, I'm kind of high strung and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what I would suggest to you is to talk to your doctor, maybe say, what do you think? Are the risks of taking aspirin worth the benefits for me? And he'll wanna, he or she will want to go into, you know, your cholesterol levels. Um, have you, there's something called a carotid ultrasound that I do a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like a window into the soul. The carotid artery is right in your neck. You can take an ultrasound and you can see if you have plaque buildup. And so, you know, it might weigh more toward taking the aspirin if you had some of these risks um, of having a heart attack. But to make a long story short, it's no longer recommended routinely in those people who haven't had a cardiac event because while it may reduce the risk of a heart attack a little bit, it also increased the risk of bleeding. So you have, you know, it's like the, the scale of justice, Yeah. you know, going up and down, risk versus benefit. Yeah. So does that make sense? I mean, I, I can't really make the decision for you, but that's the reasoning behind um, trying to figure out whether it's good for you or not. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. The, um, I'm not scared of the risk of a GI bleed. I'm a little more scared of an intracranial hemorrhage. Yeah, and you know, let me tell you about that. Um, it's bad. Of all the things mm-hmm. that I see happen to people, um, or there's two types of intracranial hemorrhage that you need to worry about. There's a bunch of different types, but one is called a subdural hematoma, mm-hmm. and that's when you bonk your head on the ground, yep. and between the skull and the brain, there are little blood vessels that can break, 
and then the blood accumulates and um, it pushes your brain to the side. Um, the other one is a, a hemorrhage into the brain tissue. And that is can be caused by aspirin um, with a risk, like a little aneurysm, you know, that might not ever bother you, but yeah. you're on aspirin. Right. Believe it or not, we're constantly bleeding, okay? I mean, we're sitting on our butts here, literally, and in our derriere, the blood vessels are bursting. Are they? Little tiny ones, Back but they're there? clotting, you know? So it's a constant battle between clot and bleed. Tell. Clot and bleed. So yes, looks like when I got hemorrhage. here. Yeah. Looks it, like when I got here. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. well, what's the risk? <laughs> it's seventy-five. It's very low. I mean, and and the thing is, I can't Google right now to give you the number, but on aspirin, your risk of a bleed in the brain is very low. Spontaneous is very low, but the reason why they don't recommend it routinely now is because you add up all the risks: ulcer bleeding, colon bleeding, skin bleeding. Yeah. But the most important, obviously, is an intracranial hemorrhage. So. And you can't always predict that. Um, and that's why, you know, people who have atrial fibrillation, they're on these quote-unquote blood thinners, it doesn't make your blood thin. No. It just makes it not clot as quick. And believe me, I've seen some catastrophes in brain bleeds in people who have taken them correctly even. Yeah. So it's risk-benefit analysis, if that makes sense. Skip, thank you. Thanks for the, taking the call. Hey, uh, we always will. Call us anytime. Care. We forgot a doctor last week. We were talking about TV doctors. Yeah. Here's the best doctor on TV now. Have you ever worked for Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Dr. Weefold has never seen the end. Me too. What is it? Bring it down. Don't worry about it's it. A, it's a, it, I think it's AT&T. They're making the point, okay is not great. Oh, okay. I and it. the doctor walks in and says, Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. <laughs> like, you don't want your doctor to be just okay. Thank you. Well, listen, it's, it's, you know, some people uh, repair old cars. I do the radio. All right. Heart Health, next Saturday at 4. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.